0: Welcome to Fertile Minds Radio. Here you'll find wisdom for your fertility journey and beyond, chosen specifically to help you trust your body and elevate your spirit so you can enjoy the process. Join us and see what a fertile mind feels like. Now your
1: host, Hilary Talbot Rowland.
2: This podcast is a proud member of Parents on Demand, a network of high quality shows for families just like yours. Download our free network app on Apple and Android and listen to your favorite episodes on the go.
1: Hello, my lovelies. Welcome back. Happy 2019. This is the first episode of the new year. And I have definitely missed connecting with you. I hope you had an amazing holiday season and didn't get the sniffles like I did. And I hope that you're just wearing and ready to take on 2019 and make this the year of your dream family. So we've got an exciting episode for you today. But first, I just wanted to mention that it did take some time off because I was trying to wrap my mind around how I might help you guys continue to meditate throughout the year. So there is actually going to be an opportunity to join my healing mantras class in the spring. And you'll find that on the homepage of ladypotions.com. And even though it's a live class here in St. Petersburg, Florida, where you can join me live, we'll be broadcasting each class live. So no matter where you are in the world, you can join in on that class. The whole concept is to learn one mantra and then practice it in the traditional form of chanting it each day for 40 days to see what unfolds in your life. And we're going to do this eight times. So it's going to carry you through the entire year of 2019. You're going to have eight different mantras, kind of a, a little mini challenge every 40 days, which... I thought was great because oftentimes people will set out with resolutions and this is probably about the time that you're losing steam on some of them. So I want to be your cheerleader and encourage you to keep going. And if meditation and mindfulness and adding that to your daily practice is one of those things, then I want to really encourage you to join me this year in the Healing Mantras course, because I think by the end of the year, you'll be able to look back and see what this daily discipline has gifted you in your life because there's so much that you will get out of it that it seems silly to try and even list it because it's so different for each person. So today's show is episode 61. And I had the pleasure of interviewing one of my dear friends, Shauna Wentenkamp. She is a fellow David G. Meditation teacher. We have known each other for almost five years now and she is an essential oil guru. So today's episode is how essential oils can enhance your fertility journey, as well as helping you during pregnancy and birth and what's safe during pregnancy. And while she did Not have fertility challenges. She actually has uh, four kids of her own. She did have a pretty significant trauma last year, two years ago actually. And you're going to hear about that in the episode. I'm not going to take away from that. But many of the things that she endured during that time are very parallel with a fertility journey, especially emotionally and some physically. And she had to really um, lean in and trust what she knew in terms of her practices, which were essential oils and meditation. So, I wanted her to speak to you about that because I think that there's just this brilliant authenticity and the way in which she uses these oils. It's not just like this magic fluff. If you put this on your skin, this is going to happen. Um, and she talks a lot about not only which ones are great for specific emotions, kind of like the Bach flower episode, if you listen to that, um, that I did with Erin Gray. Very similar because, again, these are all plant-based things. They all have similar attributes to them. But she talks about how to choose them intuitively too, which I think is really important. And then I will have some of the contraindications listed on the show. Notes for this episode, so that in case you are pregnant or when you do fall pregnant, you will know which ones that you can use with safety and ease, and then which ones will help you through labor and delivery and postpartum. So, if you haven't hopped over to LadyPotions.com yet, we've got a new look for 2019, making it super easy for you to search all of the episodes and the blogs to help you find what you need for where you are in your journey. So, without much ado, let's get onto the show. Welcome to the show, Shauna. I'm so happy to
2: have you on and to have you share all of your immense knowledge of using essential oils topically internally with our listeners today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. So we have the pleasure of knowing each other through David G. Meditation Teacher Training, which is, I think, four years now since we've met? Yeah, four or five
0: years, something like that. Yeah.
2: And I wanted to have you on because you've been using the oils as long as I know you and singing their praises. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are totally into essential oils these days. And I feel like everybody kind of thinks they know a lot about them. However, you know a ton of information. And not only do you have this immense kind of like encyclopedia of knowledge in you about them, in my eyes, you have actually kind of put the rubber to the road because you've used them in your life in a way that not many people can say that they have tested them out, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's almost two years now, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, two years. Two years ago, the universe served up a grade A opportunity for you to really test whether or not these were something you could use medically, both physically and emotionally. Can you explain to our listeners what that event was? Because I feel like it's really important of them understanding you saying, oh, yeah, this works. Try this versus no, this really works. (laughs) Right. Yeah.
0: (laughs) No. And it is interesting because I spent uh, five years previous to this, like teaching people all about using oils for their physical ailments and for their emotional well-being. And two years ago, I was run over by a truck And I had the front and back tires of a Ford F-150 go over my body. I was a pedestrian and I was run over by a drunk driver. And so it's a miracle I lived, but I also know that there are so many things and meant to be's that happen along the way of that entire process. And part of that is that I can now truly have had the personal experiences on using things like meditation and oils and the power of your mind, all of that in healing your body, both physically and emotionally. So it's been quite the journey,
2: but I uh, definitely have a lot of gratitude for
0: being alive.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, for one, I'm super glad that you are still here with us and And you're walking. I mean, last time I saw you in October, you were doing handstands on the beach, which I feel like is a testament to you and your willingness to just keep trying to heal your body.
0: Yeah. I had a, a fractured pelvis and spine, a concussion. I needed a blood transfusion. I was bleeding out, essentially should have died from that alone, but I didn't need any surgery. And I only... Used pain meds for two and a half weeks.
2: Holy crap! That's, yeah, that's pretty crazy to be run over front end back, like not just like, "Oops, yeah," you, but yeah. you got it a second time. Yes, I did. And then you only use pain meds for two and a half weeks.
0: Yeah, learning to walk again was definitely a process and not easy, and it and it was painful, and not that I didn't want pain meds I just know the effects that they can have on your body and I didn't want any added just anything holding me back I didn't want to have anything that was affecting me more than what already was naturally affecting me
2: (laughs) right well and Even though this isn't a fertility story, I feel like there's so much that our listeners can relate to in this because you had to have this wondering, like, can I ever trust my body again? Is it going to work optimally? The sense of grief and loss and intense fear emotionally that come up with things around our physicality and when our body is not doing what we think it should do. And on top of that, you're a mom. Yes. Yeah. All of that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So how am I gonna care for my children again and what that's gonna be like? They really were a big part of my
0: healing process just in their presence, really. But it was something that, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't be the mom as I had known it.
2: Right. And you know, emotionally you went through a pretty big shift as well. Yeah. Which who wouldn't when they have a brush with death, right? Did you find that the oils were as helpful for you emotionally as they were physically? Oh, both very much. You know, I
0: think for all of us, no matter what we're going through, our, every day a, a different oil would apply that you could use uh, on an emotional level. But for sure, on a physical level, I hadn't had quite the experiences of using oils in the same way for for pain. Like I didn't even know what like nerve pain was when someone would say it, you know, they bring it up a lot. And okay, well, I know I've read what oils you can use. And I know what oils you can use, but I had never experienced the type of pain that I had experienced. And so for me to be able to use essential oils, for that on myself was huge. It was just like, you're in awe of how they can
2: work with your body. It's crazy. Well, and they're so I feel like so here, I'll just, for the listeners, I've had her on even though I you know, am an herbalist and I work with plants all day long. And essential oils are simp- rather simply concentrated plants, right? <laughs> it mm-hmm. takes so many plants to make one bottle of oil. But then I think when you concentrate things down like that, it can sometimes have a different effect on the body, one that you wouldn't expect if you were to just take it in its plant form internally. And I also think when you start to mix them together, it's just like a Chinese formula of herbs, they start to do different things as well. So, how many plants does it take actually to make a bottle of oil? Like, this is quite a bit, right? And this is why they're so strong. Yes. Yeah. It's
0: uh, funny that this is coming up because this has been a conversation that I've been having with people lately. And, you know, when we take like a peppermint leaf and we're rubbing that peppermint leaf, we're releasing the oil. Well, thousands of peppermint leaves are needed to make a bottle of essential oil. And every oil is different too. Like, you know, rose petals versus lemons are going to be different. But just to get things like our jasmine and a lot of effort and, and love goes into the, the making of essential oils because I also like to think of the people that are behind that and how there's the people who are taking all of those rose petals, and gathering them. And then they're being put into the machines and processed to be able to be an essential oil. But yeah, it's like it's, it's thousands of rose petals and multiple I mean, I I could look up specifics. I don't know those off the top of my head. But it's it's so it always puts me in awe, because I can't just get the same power from that one peppermint leaf, as I can from a drop of peppermint
2: oil. Which is, I always tell my patients if I do give them an essential oil, which is is rare, it's a minimal part of my practice, but I've been playing with like medicinal perfumes lately of like making them with essential oils and I'll say one drop, like literally like a toothpick, one drop on your your body because it actually is so intense that it can scramble your nervous system. (laughs)
0: yeah a little goes a long way and so a lot of times you're like oh it smells so good and you want to use like a bunch yes. of drops of oil but really that's not that's not going to be as effective for you and using you know one to two drops is great. Uh, if you're diffusing them, it would be a little different. So if you're putting them in a, a diffuser, you're adding it to water and, and it's, you're letting it go into the air. You'd use like four drops in your diffuser or whatever. But when you're putting it on your body or taking it internally in your body, uh, very little is needed.
2: Right. And so, so when somebody comes back to me and they have an adverse reaction, like it was great. And then all of a sudden they had a headache. And I'm, my first question is how much did you slather on your body? And they're like, well, right. it
1: smells so good. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I
0: think, I think that really does also speak to, you know, what are you putting on your body? There's the quality could be part of that. It could be how much you're using. It could be what it is that you're trying to help. Maybe that's not the oil that's going to be best for you. And then also I would add in there that the emotion part of it, like it could really be stirring up for you an emotion that needs to be addressed. So I like to look at that piece of it as well because Everything, for the most part, that we feel on a physical level starts off on an emotional level. So I like to look at, okay, we have a headache here. What do you need to cry about? What do you need to let go and release? And then I would pick a different oil accordingly.
2: Oh, I like that. All right, we're going to get into the emotions in a second, but there's so much that you've just said that I want to touch on here. You and I were, before the show, we were chatting about quality because I'm an an equal opportunity purchaser. (laughs) I have (laughs) doTERRA oils and sage oils from Canada and Young Living and you work for doTERRA and you've been very successful in their business. And we were chatting about this bottle of peppermint that I picked up at Bed Bath & Beyond during my holiday shopping because I was like, I don't know, I was probably having like a little bit of a bipolar buying moment and was like, oh, I'm out of peppermint oil. <laughs> and then I got it home and opened it up and it smelled like plastic mint and slow death. It was awful.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. And so quality is huge. Yes.
0: And that's just it. I I actually met a lady on an airplane once who had had experiences with essential oils for years. And I was just using them on myself. I mean, I guess I tend to be a walking diffuser. But she asked if she could smell one of my oils. And she took just a brief little smell of a bottle of, I believe it was lavender. And she just paused and said, the nose knows. And <laughs> I was so impressed by that. I was like, yeah, I love that because you can tell. Like you definitely, if you're gonna smell an essential oil, you will just know if it's a good quality essential oil. It's something that, you know, I I don't like to speak badly of other essential oil companies because essential oils are awesome. They're great. I do believe though, if you're gonna be using essential oils internally and if you're gonna be using them on your body, you wanna know. What it is you're getting. And so, quality definitely matters. And being able to know where the plants come from, know that the studies behind the plants and, you know, things like that really matter. Part of why I also use and love doTERRA goes back to a little bit of what I mentioned earlier of like the people that are helping bring these oils to us because doTERRA partners with other communities and helping them to be able to have an improvement in their quality of life and living. And so it's not just randomness that we're getting, you know, our vetiver or getting some of our oils, magnolia. These are coming from communities that are indigenous. The oils come from the country that they're indigenous to. And then they're helping those countries to have an improvement in their quality of life as they are, getting a kind of that trade of a hand up, not a hand out in terms of us partnering with them. So we're paying them and being able to help them improve their lives instead of a lot of times people will go in and and try to get the best deal they can from these communities and these people. And they'll sell them to them for anything for just pennies, instead of giving them the money that these plants are really worth and the time and effort that goes into it. But really just the, you want to get an essential oil that doesn't have any additives to it. And it sounds like the oil that you got (laughs) probably (laughs) had other things put into it. And really for quality, all that is required is for uh, an essential oil to be labeled that it's either organic or a pure essential oil, it only has to have a trace amount of essential oil in it. So you're buying that bottle of peppermint at you know Bed Bath and Beyond or a Walmart or whatever, and it can say on it that it's a pure essential oil. But once you smell it, you know because they they just were able to put that label on it because really all that is required by law is that it just has a trace amount of essential oil in it. And then they could put whatever else they want in that oil. So yeah.
2: Well, my nose knew for sure. It went in the (laughs) trash. It was like burning $10. (laughs) And the thing is, is I know better, right? But I was in such of like, oh, this is one thing off my list. Yes. And that that trumped knowledge of knowing like, don't buy this from here. Yeah. Yeah. I've had multiple people say that same
0: thing before. So you're not alone. (laughs) Yeah.
2: But I like what you said about the people involved. I never thought about that, but that's like, Why does your grandmother's chicken soup taste better than when you make it? It was her intention of love that she poured into it when she was making it, right? The energy behind the food. Yes. And so the people that are handling your products, it's almost like doTERRA is doing kind of like fair trade chocolate or coffee only with oils. Yes, exactly. I think it's,
0: uh, isn't Hugh Jackman does a similar project with coffee actually. And uh, the same type of thing, working with the communities and being able to help bring it all just, it's all about like the whole world, you know, all of us coming together and in love and how we can kind of all help each other. Yes.
2: Okay. So I want to ask you specifically about pain because I feel like you've clearly endured more pain than most. And a lot of our listeners deal with pain, you know, either just with a, a menstrual cycle or they have more in-depth things going on like endometriosis, or maybe they have uh, an assisted reproductive technique coming up that could be wildly uncomfortable what oils did you find super helpful in managing your pain and discomfort so for pain it again it would
0: depends on the type of pain so for some of the things that you just mentioned you know there's things like clary sage are great for your cramps your monthly cycle I would even say you know being able to use things like frankincense lemongrass uh, capayaba that's a, an essential oil that doterra has now that's awesome for pain. Uh, marjoram is really, really good for any like muscle aches and pains. And the way I remember that, and it's very elementary, but marjoram is good for muscles and they both start with M and, <laughs> and then like time is good for your tendons and they both start with a T. So, you know, those are the kinds of things that when I was recovering, I used, you know, helichrysum and frankincense and lemongrass. And I, stayed on a pretty consistent, that's part of it is being consistent schedule. Uh, I put all of those together in a roller and would like just roll them right on my spine. I'd roll them and or rub them on the areas like I couldn't walk for a while. So I had to rub them on my legs. But you know, even just some of those discomforts that come up for us with other, even just female hormonal types of things, you know, one of the ones that we were talking about before and that is yarrow that that is a really great oil in helping us to ease any of that pain and discomfort yarrow with uh, turmeric is great but again i will say uh, as i mentioned to you i wouldn't use yarrow during a pregnancy but i definitely would use it for anything other than that and And combining it with something like turmeric is is awesome and helping to manage. And then my new favorite oil, I didn't have this during my accident, but I've been using this. And actually, I've been using it in the way that you suggested for me when I saw you a few months ago, and that's uh, pink pepper. And pink pepper has been such an amazing oil in helping me with any nerve pain, helping my leg to wake back up. Because uh, I still have some numbness in one of my legs, and yeah, there's so many, but like those are just a couple.
2: <laughs> I, I could keep going. <laughs> no, in the so we were talking earlier about yarrow and its lovely ability to, whether it's used as an herb or as a, an essential oil, to help with female disorders, especially those with pelvic congestion like endometriosis and UTIs and fibroids, hemorrhoids, but. Um, It is definitely contraindicated once you get pregnant because it belongs to the thuzone family and can create toxicity. So really we are going to try and be careful today as we are telling you herbs to help with fertility challenges that once you get pregnant, I'll have a list in the show notes and on lady potions that you can look at and see once you are pregnant, which ones are absolutely no and which ones are used with caution. So meaning only when necessary, when the risk, you know, the reward outweighs the risk Yes, for which there are a couple. And I feel like that's something that People go, oh, it's all natural, and I'm like, no, no, no,
1: slow down with the peppermint. You're pregnant.
0: Yes,
2: yeah, that to induce contractions. Please stop.
0: Yeah, exactly, and that's just it. I mean, all of these are great, but they all have a purpose because they are so potent and so effective that you still do want to educate yourself on using them, especially during pregnancy. Yes,
2: yeah, so there's a couple books that you can. You have a great reference book for that, and I have a couple as well that we'll list in the show notes. So you certainly don't have to stop the car or the treadmill if you're listening and doing something and multitasking like I usually do. <laughs> but the botanical medicine for women's health by Aviva Rom, even though it's like a textbook and it's all about herbs, all of these essential oils are basically made out of herbs. Um, it's they're just,
1: just the
0: dried version, yes. <laughs>
2: So it's in there and you can read all the studies and the contraindicated things. And then if you want to know about what it does more as an essential oil, I recommend the Encyclopedia of Essential Oils by Julie Lawless. I love that book. And then you have one that was written by a nurse, right? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And it's specifically about using essential oils for pregnancy, birth, and babies. That's basically, that's the title. (laughs) And uh, her name, the author is Stephanie Fritz. And she has done a great job of taking notes through the years of the oils that she's used, what's good, bad, you know, all of that. So all the different things that she has in her book have been I have used in helping friends through their deliveries as well and through their pregnancies. And I would highly suggest it's a great book.
2: So I want to circle back around to the emotional part because I feel like that is such a overlooked part, whether we're talking about fertility challenges or any illness, right? Because in my mentor, Dr. Hammer, he used to say all illness is mental illness, especially chronic pain, yep. because every time you move, you think about what you used to be able to do or what you cannot do now, and it chips away at your psyche, and before you know it, you're a different person. Oh, yeah. And I feel like that happens in when fertility challenges have gone on too long, that like it's it becomes that thought that's on replay in our brain, right? <laughs> that negative thought that then creates a vibration which is simply an emotion. And so, you know, unless we are have superpowers and we are aware of all of our 60,000 thoughts a day and can hunt those down and stop them dead in their tracks, we're going to have both positive and negative emotions, right?
0: Yep. Yep, and that's just part of it. And that's that's the beauty of us being human is that we get to have both. But a lot of times we are really good. Most of our lives, we've learned to shove those negative emotions down and not acknowledge them. And when we do that, that does create so many issues within our body. And we don't even notice it until maybe even years later, when these bigger diagnoses come up or issues that we are like, maybe you've had headaches for your whole life or, you know, just little things that until it becomes a big thing, we don't choose to look at it.
2: Yeah. I'll ask my clients all the time, like your physical pain. Can you, can you observe which part is actually structure and physical pain? And can you observe which part is being fed by your emotions?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And all of it is, it's interesting how with, wherever it's at in your body, you can really pinpoint the exact emotion that is causing that. And then you can take yourself back to that moment or that thing and work on being able to release it. And And you can do that in a variety of ways. But I have really used essential oils. And you, before my accident, even, I was using essential oils in this way as I would work with clients or myself personally. But after my accident, it became such a daily, deep process of using not just essential oils, but acknowledging what my emotions were good, bad, or ugly.
2: (laughs) Observing them that they were there, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. And that was really important. But, you know, a lot of things come up when you're going through a difficult time in your life. And, we sometimes can get to a point where we're just frozen and we we're not sure what to do or what action to take or if we even want to take any type of action. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, it's like it just you kind of are you're frozen. And I found for myself that I had those moments and I know that I've had those moments before at other points in my life. And this was a really big one for me because I had to heal myself. I had to get up every day and learn to walk again. I had to, I had to like, to me, it was like, all right, I have no option, but there's days where you don't want to take that option. And so you really start to isolate yourself. You start to have a lot of fears and anxiety you you get angry you get angry at yourself and i think you already mentioned this in terms of like what your body isn't doing or used to be able to do that can no longer do and and you're just you're beyond sad sad isn't even really (laughs) define it well enough you know it's like you're just like it's not even depression it's just like blah
1: (laughs) yeah
2: unless you've been there before, you don't know whether you're talking about chronic pain or infertility. It's like you don't know until you know yep, and i it's just listening to you talk, I'm struck with the like, yeah, of course, there were days where you didn't want to go do p t or you didn't even want to like reach for the bottle to slather the oil on, right? But that's the difference between having a desire and a commitment, and you are committed, like, yeah, I have a desire. To lose 10 pounds, but does that wax and wane with my emotional life or you know how overextended I am or if I'm feeling emotional and I eat that cookie, but when I have a commitment, and I'm like, no, nothing is going to interfere with this. This is I am committed to this and I'm going to show up every day and I'm not going to reach for perfection, but I'm going to do the things that I know could potentially help me, even if I don't know yet, I can't see the result yet. but you are committed. I was committed.
0: I, I didn't have another option. And, and it's funny, you mentioned uh, going to physical therapy, because I didn't go to physical therapy, I did my own physical therapy. Wow, <laughs> um, I didn't have health insurance when this accident <laughs> happened. So I had to get myself out of the hospital as quick as I could. And then once I was out, I had to do it all myself. And that was part of my commitment in that I have no other option. And this is what I'm going to do. And and I also knew that all of this happened for a reason. I really didn't have anger, or bitterness toward the individual who ran me over because, you know, we all make stupid mistakes and that just happened to be his. And I really knew that this would not have happened if It wasn't something that was just part of my path, and I was meant to go through that. So with that knowledge, that was part of my commitment. That was part of what helped pull me through was I couldn't deny what I knew, and now I'm going to get up and do the work and cry through it sometimes and be sad about it.
2: You're gonna allow your feelings
0: to come through. What a novel concept. Yes. And I definitely did. I definitely, definitely did. And it it was interesting because it would be like it was probably my first time ever even putting, you know, like posts on Facebook and things like that out that were like, today I'm sad. Like this sucks. Or, you know, like that was new for me. I, I hadn't really I've always been a very positive, upbeat person. And so it was difficult to put out to the masses that I was struggling. But at the same time, it just came back as part of my healing process because the words and encouragement from others were huge. It was was awesome and really helped me in in pulling through.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, that sounds like it helped you to feel less isolated at a time when you were very isolated. Yes. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely did. (laughs) Were there any oils you would suggest for the feelings of isolation to help somebody maybe gather the courage to say, hey, I'm suffering. I'm not as happy as I normally am.
0: Yeah, it was for me. I actually had already started to, before my accident, start to kind of become a little bit of a recluse. And I found it so fitting the things I experienced right before my accident, the oils that I had used were ones that then got to be there for me as like, Hey, remember you started to feel this and I, what I like to do when I'm using my oils, I use them intuitively. So I'll go to my oils and just like close my eyes and randomly grab an oil or two that in the morning and then I'll use them and then I'll meditate and then I'll start to look into the meaning of them. And isolation was definitely one of those things that came up right before my accident. And then again, was that gift of, wait, you experienced this and now you know what oils to use to help you get through it. And every oil has a message. Every oil has that emotion it can address, but also a message to help us through whatever it is that we're experiencing. And so for that, it was marjoram and cedarwood. And marjoram, I actually had used marjoram here and there through the years. But other than that, it's not an essential oil that I'm using on a regular basis because it's like the way that it smells isn't like oh I'm so excited to like smell my marjoram. No, it's not even pleasurable to cook
1: with. <laughs> no, exactly.
0: It's just like eh, it's just kind of one of those, "meh, all right." But when you when you're wanting to work through emotions, it's definitely worth using and it's the marjoram's the oil of community and also cedarwood is one of those oils of community and putting you out into not just, okay, now I'm going to go out and be around other people and surround myself with others, but I'm going to allow myself to feel the love and support of other people and acknowledge that it's there and, and realize that until you can really allow something you're, you're not going to be able to let go, you know, we're, we're grasping, we're holding on and I'm just sitting there isolating myself and being woe is me and having a pity party. But if I can start to come out and notice that, wait, I actually, I, I have texts being sent to me from people. I have, it just helps open your eyes, helps you to see the good things that are coming your way. And it was little things that I would start to notice uh, when I would use these oils but it, it invites you to do that. That's what, that's what the oils are helping you to do. When we're using them for our emotions, it's just this invitation to take a look and take a deeper look and then be willing to work through it and release the things that need to be released and then open your arms and let in those things that need to be let in.
2: That's beautiful. I mean, so many of my patients and clients go through times of deep isolation because they feel like it's something that they can't talk about to anybody else or no one else will understand or they're the only woman with this problem and I think what you just said was so helpful because that becomes the repetitive thought or feeling, right? That is keeping you stuck exactly where you are.
0: Yeah, it's hard. It's really hard when you're in it to take that step. But for me there were times that, you know, you all you can do sometimes is just sit up in bed and smell an oil, you know, and like that's, and that's what I would do. And and then I would feel like, okay, I'm winning today because I actually did one positive thing for me. And you have to reward yourself for those little things and not just be like getting down on yourself because, oh my gosh, I didn't run a mile today. You know, like, no, like I sat up, like, I remember the first time sitting up. I was so excited because I hadn't been able to sit up and I was cheering over such a simple thing and I was kind of laughing about that thinking, you know, so often we we get upset over the bigger thing, you know, like I could have been like, well, yeah, but I only sat up, I didn't like get up and walk. Well, I wasn't there yet. I wasn't ready for that yet. And so if we're letting ourselves be frozen by the fear, the anger, the sadness, all of that, we need to be willing to celebrate
2: the little things that you are accomplishing. I think you need a cumulative bank of wins. And sometimes that comes from small wins over time. So committing to yourself and like, it's great to have that. I want to run a marathon, but like, how about you just get up and walk the dog today and follow through and build some positive thoughts with yourself around your ability to follow through. Totally. Totally.
0: And that's why, I mean, really for me, uh, a big process was using oils in helping the emotions because those were the things that helped me to celebrate those wins. And I wish I would have had these years ago during other difficulties in my life and things I had gone through. I'm just grateful that I've been able to use them because doing things like taking a bath with Geranium and alang-alang like that combination sounds bizarre, but it literally it's like the most peaceful. Uh, those are both really great for anger, and so if you're somebody who has anger issues, um, <laughs> but it's just when you're feeling that like deep seated anger and sadness, like that, it's just so healing. You just put Epsom salt and a couple drops of each of those oils, and it's interesting what they can do. Lemongrass is the oil of the inner child and helps you to reconnect to that childlike self. And then geranium is the oil of love and trust. And it's typically an essential oil that people loathe because it's such a strong smell. But think of that too. Like that's one of the major things that people have a hard time with and that's loving and and trusting. Uh, We've all had a heartache or heartbreak and we start to put up our little heart walls and, that oil alone can be very, very healing uh, for the heart.
2: This is funny. Uh, So much of what you're saying is making light bulbs go off now because I love geranium. Like I always gravitate towards a blend made primarily of geranium, and I'll diffuse it in the house. And a lot of times, like if one of the teenagers has had a bad day, and it's funny, you can see the resistance at first. Mm They'll be like, why is it so sweet in here? And then they kind of start to soften Afterwards, if they've had a, if they're angry that day, and then the ylang ylang, I find that women, because I'll use essential oils in births, and I'll have them smell them while they're pregnant, like kind of mark down like what they think they might want, and then with the ylang ylang, it's always a strong nope. But when, they, when when it's go time and those contractions are going, all of a sudden ylang-ylang is like the sweetest scent they've ever smelled and they want more of it. And I'm like dying because it stinks to me.
0: Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I kind of, I feel like it. it's important to bring up that when we love the smell of an essential oil, and again, we're not talking if it's like because it's a good quality or bad quality. So say you're smelling only... Good quality essential oils. Uh, if you are loving the smell of an essential oil, it's because you are welcoming that emotion that it addresses. Like you're, you're good to work on that. You're like comfortable working through that emotion. If it's an oil that you do not like the smell of, then it just means you're not comfortable addressing that emotion. You're not comfortable looking at it, and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't. It doesn't mean we don't want to take those opportunities of growth, but that's another part of the fun game of using essential oils for our emotions is it's like, okay, this is helping put the pieces of the puzzle of me together. Like, oh, I struggle with geranium. Maybe I need to soften my heart a little bit and I'll have people like use one they love and when they loathe and like, work on them. Like sometimes you can't even like open a bottle because you're like, nope, I hate this oil so much. Well, just work on like holding it and then like slowly start to smell it and then maybe start to wear it, you know, and it'll help you work on the emotion that it addresses. So it's kind of a fun game to play, but it's also, yeah, it's something that we don't think a lot
2: about when we're using essential oils. It's like that yoga pose that you hate and then your teacher's like, you should do this twice as much. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or I can't sit in meditation for five minutes. Great. You need an hour.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll check back with you in 30 minutes. Right.
2: Okay. right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you so beautifully explained that you were, somehow you knew that this is what you needed, right? And and I feel like that's a very, when you're suffering, Sometimes it's a very cliche thing that people will say, especially like if a woman's had a miscarriage or something, or they haven't been able to conceive and someone will say, well, this is part of God's plan or, you know, well-meaning, but at the time it feels like a knife, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious where, cause you're pretty aware individual, where in your process of all of this, did the light bulb go off that this is what you needed or did you have that right away? Like, or you just have superpowers? Um. Yes, I have
0: superpowers. No. You know, I have just been, since I can remember, I, I have known my purpose. I have known that I have a responsibility in this life to help bring change to other people's lives. And I can't say I always knew exactly why or how, but I've always known that. And I've known my strength. I've known my power and abilities. It doesn't mean that when difficult things happen that you don't struggle, because I definitely have had plenty of that. But after my accident, and I am lying in my own blood, essentially bleeding out feeling like, okay, this, this could be it, like I could be dying. And the first thing that I chose to do was to let the driver know that it wasn't his fault. Like, I didn't want him to blame himself for the mistake. And yes, he ran me over. Yes, you could say, okay, it's your fault. But I, I did, I wanted him to realize, like, I, I forgive you. And I knew then that I had, I, I was going to live and that I had this miracle occur so that I could then continue to share this story and help other people who are struggling in ways that I don't even know at that time. And one of the things that occurred during this process was probably the second day after the accident. And I was lying in my hospital bed and I was having a moment of upset because there were people and things that were, had already right before my accident, I had falling out with. And a lot of these people were not wanting to show up for me after my accident. And at first I was really upset and really bitter and angry and thinking, how dare people who are my family and who I, I would be there for them. Why aren't they here for me? And I within probably a minute was able to, to just shift that thought and recognize that, oh my gosh, like I made the right decision and choice in my life to be exactly here in this moment and have this exact experience so that I could have this knowledge and knowing that the path I'm on is the exact right path and that I had nothing else but to heal myself and to take care of myself and I needed to do it alone. And I was grateful for that. So I kind of had to have a few different moments where you are having to humble yourself. And I had to ask some friends for help and ask people who I am not somebody who asks for help. (laughs) I'm not somebody who's like, oh, yeah, do this for me and do that for me. And I had to reach out to people who had been acquaintances and not even close friends and have them come and take care of me. And that was huge to be able to receive is an entirely different conversation but that was a big part of what helped me know that this is this is part of the the purpose of this is I need to learn how to receive whether it's someone coming to take care of you or receiving kind gestures and love from everyday humans. And I recognize now that as strong and as much as I knew my whole life, all my power and abilities, and I have this responsibility, and all of that i just said, the biggest thing getting in my way my whole life has been me not allowing and not accepting
2: all of that that's right there in front of me. I don't know if I really answered your question, but you did. I mean, you did. And, and then some, because I mean, that I, I feel like that's a moment of grace to, you know, you can go either way. You, you're lying there and you're about to, you know, this could be it. This could be your last breath, literally blood draining from you. You could very easily choose to be the victim, or in your case, to be the hero and and open your heart wide to forgiveness. Like I feel like sometimes people come to forgiveness after a long time, after a trauma, but to do it in the moment is so profound. And I, I do think warrants a miracle, which you definitely got. And I and I agree that that lesson of reception—you can think that you are the biggest giver, and you truly don't understand what it means. What you are giving is not as rich and strong until you learn how to receive, and that's such a hard thing. Like I went through that with having four stepkids, and like there was just so much love available all of a sudden that had no strings attached, and I had never really let in that much love before, and it was overwhelming. And I've seen that like with so many of my patients, and even some close friends when they have kids, it's overwhelming how much that child loves you and. And I do think sometimes when there's struggles and fertility, it, it's prepping you because it's it's you quite literally have to receive to become pregnant, right? It's not something that you just achieve one day where you're like, I'm going to do this, this, and this, and then I'm going to have this goal. Like, I wish it worked that way, but it doesn't. <laughs> and so when you can weather that storm on the front end, I think the reception that follows of that immense capacity to accept love and help and community is it's one of the greatest things that you'll ever learn and then go on to actually teach your children. Like how amazing that you were able to be the steward of that lesson for your kids.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a process that's going to continue for my kids to see because, you know, for them it was, they just kind of, okay, well mom got better. And I think it's going to be more down the line for them where they'll see the bigger picture of it. And I just, trust that they'll receive that message too, that they'll see, oh, okay, that makes sense now. Because I think everybody's process in, you know, infertility and in big major things that happen in your life, everyone's experiencing it so differently. And we may think that we know what they're going through, because maybe we've experienced something similar. But really, we don't. And if we can just allow them their process also, I think that'll help us as well through our own journey.
2: Yeah, because we all see things through our own lens, which is colored by all our experiences and our thoughts, which are wildly different from one person to another, right? Mm Mm-hmm big time big time big time do you feel like there was was there ever a point where your faith was tested and i mean it sounds trivial to be like what oil did you use for that show?
0: well no yeah i mean i <laughs> no for sure i use oils all the time obviously so yes my faith often has been tested and the best oils for that sandalwood that's the oil of sacred devotion and so i like to put sandalwood on my third eye and I love the, the smell of Hawaiian sandalwood is one of my favorites. And I also love adding in uh, rose because rose is the oil of divine love. And nothing, no matter your belief system, nothing is more overwhelming than being able to connect to a divine love. and realizing that you're not alone, and you're going to be okay and you have within you all that is needed and if you can just tap into that and be willing to sit with that <laughs> then you're going to be okay
2: agreed what about fear so does there any particular oil that you like to summon summon courage when you're feeling fear because i mean i think we can't just not experience fear. It's so primal and necessary, right? Yeah.
0: And every day I would say my fear today could be different than my fear tomorrow. So yeah, there's a few of them. I would say, you know, one of the oils that just keeps jumping out at me to bring up is uh, bergamot, And that oil is so much about you loving yourself. And I think that we struggle so much to love ourselves and we'll love everybody else first. But when we're fearful, when we're sad, all of this, we, we forget to just give ourselves a little bit of that love and Bergamo helps you to do that. So there are times where I would just put, and I've done this also like with any uh, sadness, grief type of thing. I'll put in a diffuser uh, next to my bed, ginger and Bergamo because ginger is the oil of empowerment and, Helps to give you that strength. And then the bergamot is helping you to love yourself. Uh, I would also say, you know, if sometimes fear comes up because we're afraid to really share how we're feeling or express authentically what it is that we're needing to express. And so lavender is a great oil for that. It's the oil of communication. Peppermint. Peppermint's an oil that. You know, you really like you could use that anytime just to help you feel happy and bring you up and help you not be afraid. But I wouldn't overuse peppermint. Peppermint can kind of be one of those oils that it's like it's giving you that momentarily here's your breath, opening up your airways, give you that like, okay, that little boost I need. But we also could overuse it and then start to like almost cover up what we're really feeling because we're like, nope, I just want to be happy. I just wanna be happy. <laughs> And yes. uh, so it's a good one for a little bit, but then I wouldn't uh, overuse it.
2: I use it in birth when a woman's getting really fatigued. Oh yeah. And Perfect. I see her being like, I can't I can't keep doing this. And I'm like, no, nope. Yep, keep going. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean it's and it's great for uh, any nausea, things like that too. And if if you think about that, I mean, ginger is as well. And so the ways that you can be using them on the physical level, just look at what they're doing and go, Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's how they're helping me on an emotional level too. And uh, Cypress is another one. That's the oil of motion and flow. If you are holding back a lot of your tears, and struggling to just acknowledge the emotions that you're feeling, I would use Cypress because it's going to just break the dam for you. You know, if you're trying to be strong and trying to just be tough all the time and no, I got this and it's okay, but really down deep you're afraid. You're scared. You're you're not sure what's going to happen tomorrow. And cypress just gives you that opportunity to let it all out. I always say to people, use some cypress and put on a sad movie so that that's kind of your excuse to cry. <laughs> but Allowing yourself to cry is huge. And a lot of times that alone is like the release you need and you're good to go after, you know?
2: Yeah. You got to empty what's full so you can fill it back up. Exactly. Exactly. So we use cypress all the time in Chinese medicine and lady part formulas, especially menstruation and PMS. Uh, It's shangfu. It moves things through the pelvic cavity. See how perfect that also, that's
0: just exactly
2: what it does for you emotionally. Yeah. And I had bergamot and lavender tea this morning, which, and I didn't even know what that did. I was just like, no, I can't have coffee. I'll be way too jacked up. It'll sound like I'm mm-hmm. on twice the speed. <laughs>
0: right? That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's just when you start to look at the message of what they do for you on that
2: emotion level, you're like, oh yeah, duh.
0: You know, like...
2: <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. So if you're listening and you're like, I'm overwhelmed, they're not really giving me do A for B, we're trying to empower you to use your intuition as well because you know, that is oftentimes more knowledgeable than all of the information out there in books. And if you're worried about it, because if like you are pregnant, then just look it up on the contraindicated list that I'm gonna put on here. Other than that, go with the flow, go with your emotion. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And there is a great book you can use uh in reference to what the emotions are behind each
2: essential oil. And it's just called emotions and essential oils. So clearly she had lavender that day to communicate that effectively. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly,
0: Yes. Uh, It's enlightened, enlightened healing. So you can find that they have it on Amazon. So I know you can get emotions and essential oils. That's a great book. That's it's just, I love using, and I've used, if you've ever used like the Bach, flowers, essence, oil, whatever those are called. Those also have great messages for us. And it's all the same thing. Just like you're saying all your knowledge on herbs, like everything they do for you on a physical level, you just translate that into the emotional level. So using your intuition is, is huge. And that's a big part of how you can
2: have growth in your own
0: life, but also in your body on every level.
2: Yeah, we so I did an episode on Bach flowers, episode 47, I think. And I love those because they're so subtle. I feel like they're more subtle than the essential oils. Yes, they are. Because it's it's a totally different thing. Right. Well, the same message lines up with the same plant or flower. Correct. Yeah.
1: Correct.
2: So it's like, you know, do you want to stick your toe in the water today? And, you know, especially if you're going to take them internally, I feel like maybe start with Bach flowers and see how you do. And if that works, then if you're like really needed to bat a thousand that day, maybe you try essential oils. <laughs> yeah.
0: And that's really where my my whole journey started with things like that and learning all about the emotions of things and studying plants and looking into their messages. And all of that's how I came to be now using the oils in the way that I do. It didn't start with just using essential oils. So now when I work with individuals, I'm able to help them on an entirely different level than just like, okay, go use your lavender, you know, like, no, right. it can do so much more for us, and there's so many layers to it. It's pretty. It's a fun, fun game to play. So,
2: I, I encourage all to to play it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to come on and to be vulnerable and share your story. I know that I can't even imagine telling that story. You do it so well because, like you said, you have no idea how many people that are listening that you'll never. Meet, or maybe you'll meet, who knows, that you may have healed through sharing yourself with them. So, thank you. Thank you for having me. I really, really appreciate the opportunity. Do you have any parting words of advice for those that are trying to conceive or scared about pregnancy and delivery? You know, really, it's I, uh, I I'm,
0: each one of those things that you just said is a totally different. <laughs> 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 that's right. <laughs> it's in the whole other episode, right? <laughs> uh, because it's such a unique experience that you go through in all of those different parts. And I've gone through all of those different parts in my life and each has prepared me for the next. And I, and really all of that also prepared me for the experience of my accident and being able to go through that, uh, all that I did and shared. And I just think that taking time to record things and, and write down how you're feeling and what's going on with you. That's always been my whole life. A, a part of my process is journaling. And if you can do that, then you can at least be able to see where you're at and remember what it this whole experience has been like for you. So that's what came to my mind when you said that.
1: <laughs>
2: awesome. So if someone is listening and they are Interested in working one-on-one with you, or learning more about oils, or maybe even meditating with you in oils, no matter where they are on this lovely planet? How can they find you? I'm found on Instagram or Facebook. On Facebook, I'm Shauna Wettencamp,
0: and then Instagram—I mean, you can find me the same way. But my my uh, username is Shauna Wonderbeast. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> see, I told you she has superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, And we'll make sure that all of those links are easy to find in the show notes at uh, ladypotions.com, which if you haven't visited in a while, we have a new look. It's searchable. So you can find all of these episodes based on where you're at now. We wanted to really be able to meet you at the stage that you're in. So much easier to find episodes and blog articles that relate to where you are right in this moment. So check that out and hopefully you will find what you need. And if you don't, email me at at LadyPotions.com. Thank you so much, Shauna. I miss your face. It is so lovely to hear your voice. We'll talk soon. Thanks to our listeners. Bye for now.
0: Thanks for listening to Fertile Minds Radio, hosted at www.ladyportions.com, where you'll find past episodes, show notes, and free meditations. If you've benefited from what you've heard, leave a comment or review so it makes it easier for others to find this valuable wisdom. Let's help elevate each other. Thanks for listening.